from active time battling to zombie slaying, Waffling Tailors covers video games and beyond. In this episode, me and Jay cover the 1994 animated movie Street Fighter 2. We cover everything from realistic fear and tension, Derpy Face Fighters and Sith Lords. Yes, I said Sith Lords, you'll have to listen out for it. So without further ado, sit back, grab some snacks and get ready for this episode entitled Street Fighter 2, Vintage Testosterone and Walnut Cracking Thighs. Oh my. Enjoy. Greetings and salutations slash hallucinations to everyone. My name is Squidge. I am one of the hosts of the Waffling Tailors. We are here to do an episode. I won't tell you what the episode is yet before I introduce my co-host. He, we know him. We love him. We can't live without him. He's sexy and he knows it. It is Jay. Make some noise, my man. Whoop, whoop. I'm making noise. I'm making a noise like a Jay. Do, do. Ah. <laughs> do Jays make noises like that? Is that the well, thing? I just did, and I'm a J. Oh. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did wonder. I did wonder. Well, they will. Wonder no, my, no more, my friend. Wonder no, no more. <laughs> you can't, hey, you can't stop me wondering. If not about that, about something else, the hell with everyone. Okay, fair enough. What I say. Go cogitate yourself. <laughs> Please, there are children present, and I'm one of them. Um, <laughs> Family show, everyone. So, yeah right considering the subject matter not today it ain't um so i've introduced myself i've introduced my co-host today you are listening to an episode of waffling tailors i might as well tell you what it's about because why not today we are going back to the uh back to the that's not grammatically correct doesn't matter we are <laughs> we are barreling back towards the goes to the movie series where we compare mm. a movie slash animated feature in this case to the video game equivalent and grade accordingly the, those grades are love it watch it or fling it into a tree we'll get into that further on as we get into it um today our our micro lens is fixed firmly on street fighter 2 the animated movie from 1994 yes nearly actually 30 years old that's just not fair when did it become 30 years ago? Mm. That's not fair. <laughs> it's, it's like when people say, oh yeah, 20 years ago, that's like Final Fantasy X. I'll it's stop not. making you feel old now. Well, that's not fair, Squidge, stop it. <laughs> that's why I said I'll stop now, I'll stop now. Uh, yeah, Good. Time uh, drags on slowly and all the rest of it. So, a bit of background about this film before we start. Um, so, it came out in 1994 and it was released... Let me look at my notes. Yes, so it was released in Japan in February of 1994. Ooh. Um, the game that came out slightly after that was Street Fighter II Turbo, right? Uh, Which right. was released... No, sorry, my bad. Let's rewind a bit. Give me a second. <laughs> so the film was released in August 1994 in Japan, in all of its uncut, uncensored glory, because it's different in Japan than it is in Europe and America. Censors and all the rest of that. Street Fighter 2 Turbo Edition came out on the Genesis, I want to say, or Mega Drive, depending on where you are, in February 1994. Mm -hmm. So a certain character being in the movie, if you unlocked him in the game, is an Easter egg. But I digress. To see yeah. a, a uncut 
uncensored version of this film, you would have to wait till 2006, where the when when 2006 uh, rolled around, the Japanese version of the film was released so everyone could get a hold of it, and that was uncensored and uncut because there's there's a, a particular scene or series of um, sequences that were cut for British sensibilities. It wasn't too bad in the States, but certain things were still cut as well and censored. I can, I, without you even saying, I know exactly which scenes and, and bits those are. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so it was it was released as a tie-in to the uh, video game. Um, quite a few video games have, over the years, have, animated, have had animated tie-ins. Um, mm. Devil May Cry, if not a full-length movie, a series. So Devil May Cry is one of them. Um, Fantasy Star Online 2 is another one, which I still haven't watched. Mm. I should get around to that. Mate, there are two anime for Fantasy Star Online 2, and the, I've only seen one of them, and it is bloody brilliant. It's just, it's a, I, like the, the scenes that happen on the game, because they actually play the game, they're not so great, because they are just literally, look at our video game. Why, why don't you go play the video yeah. game? But like it is a standard anime style high school drama with incredible hijinks and it is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it's not uncommon or unheard for uh video games to have other movie adaptations of it or anime adaptations, hence the name of this series where we um contrast and compare. Along with the animated release, there was a manga released, because of course there was, and there was also a tie-in game called Street Fighter II, the interactive movie. You actually played as one of the cyborgs from the game, and oh, you were cool. shown fight scenes from the game, and at which point you could pause certain screens, use a search function and analyse it, and at the end of every single fight scene, at the end of all the fight scenes, you had one fight against Ryu at the end, and you would incorporate the moves that you analysed into your arsenal and try and beat Ryu at the end of the game. Ah, nice. Using it's Street like... Fighter II Turbo um, engine. And I think it was PS1, if I'm not right. mistaken. That one. So it's a bit like yeah, so Pokemon bit Snap of a cool tie -in. with Street Fighter. Yeah, Pokemon Snap with a fight at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a bit different. Um, yeah. I will mention something about the, there is a difference in the the music as well, but I'll mention that in a bit because we want to get on to the the actual analysis of it. So, yes. Street Fighter Two. Of all things that we consider to actually do on this series, Street Fighter Two. <laughs> Had to get there in the end, right? Absolutely. It's uh, it's it's one of those that like. As a video game player of a certain vintage, <laughs> mm. you're right there, dude. Yeah, just coughing my lungs up against the wall. It's fine. Oh, fair enough. As Could a video bad. gamer, <laughs> as a video gamer of a certain vintage, of a uh, particular um, demographic, there is no way that you haven't played Street Fighter Two, and yeah. I, I would argue. And I suppose we can get onto this later, but I would argue that this movie versus the Hollywood movie sticks way closer to the source material. Like it's actually following what little story there is in the Street Fighter Two, the game, whereas Street Fighter the movie 
All right, yeah, if you imagine that there wasn't a first game, because the first game isn't the one that everyone remembers. Everyone remembers Street no. Fighter 2. Well, I say everyone, right? I don't mean, because like, we're going to get some well hackchillies. But um, what I mean is... If, if, if you like, said Ryu, we've got one specific image in mind. It's not the character that you've seen from Street Fighter. Yeah, right, exactly, right? The, the majority of people of a certain vintage, of a certain demographic, will remember Street Fighter 2, not Street Fighter, and actually, you know, Street Fighter, the movie with Raul Julia and uh, Jean-Claude Wasnem and all that, um, that was like... Jean-Claude, goddamn. That's the one. That was like, it, it was like, well, I mean, uh, Z-Boy summed it up really, really succinctly when he said, and of course, at the end of the movie, they have the one photograph that people would take at a cosplay convention because it was cosplay the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were just, I I was just about to say, we were all saddened, but maybe not that Cammy wasn't in proper attire, but then that's a matter of preference. Well, I suppose, yeah. But, uh, you know, (laughs) I I mean, what I will say is what the live action movie has going for it, that the animation, that the animated movie doesn't have going for it, is there's no scenes with a woman standing in a a whole bunch of chaos as people run around screaming, holding a shoe. Check the show notes and I'll put an image there. And it also doesn't have uh, any like towel clad, half naked men cradling their guns. (laughs) Yeah, we still want to see that film. Check the show notes. I'll put an image there. We still want to see that film. And there isn't a whole UN task force, um, you know, assembly yard being run by a cat. Absolutely. Because that's the whole point of the, of the, of, Guile's character in uh in the games right he is he's just air force captain man right which we'll get yeah. on to in a minute right that's all he is he is which one is he because he's supposed to be one of the top gun guys not not tom cruise i think he's maverick. supposed to be yeah he's supposed to be maverick right he's not supposed to be yeah that's not tom cruise's character right never seen top gun have you jay yeah it's it's very <laughs> he's very much supposed to be like an over-the-top version of I was going to say Brad Pitt, but it's not Brad Pitt who's in it. It was Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer's yeah, Val Kilmer. from Top Gun. I thought you were going to say Batman then. It's it's an overall top version of Batman, but how does that even work? Because he's brushhead, that's how. Brushhead. <laughs> <laughs> Do oh, it with right give me a head. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think before we even get into it, this movie, admittedly, the, the Hollywood movie that came out later kept my attention. Like I couldn't take my eyes off of the screen. It was entertaining. But yeah. this movie is just like, it. Like if you were lucky enough in 1994 to see this one and then go see the live action one, I am so sorry because I saw yeah. them the other way around. Like I never mm. saw the animated movie until we did it for this one, right? And so I'd seen yeah. the live action movie in my childhood. You know, we saw it together as kids. We watched it again for when we did the episode with uh, Z Boy. But like, I'd never seen the animated movie, and I am so glad that I saw them in this order because yeah. let me tell you, folks, the Hollywood movie is such a letdown after you've seen this one. <laughs> So have an American play by John Vlog, John Vlog Clandam. Yeah, why not? Uh, I'll keep that in. Yeah, um, well, but I'll put it this yeah. way. Yeah, uh, GA tried to put it very succinctly. I will put it in my own mannerisms, which was: I watched the Hollywood film, then I watched the anime, and quite simply, bricks were shat. 
yes. um, in the comparison. Yes. Um, I can't put it any other way. <laughs> like, I did write down, right? I've got my notes in front of me that I took, and I only wrote four things, right? No, one, two, three, four. I wrote five things, right? And the first three things I wrote down were this movie starts like your average Dragon Ball Z episode. There's nothing mm-hmm. happening on screen, but lots of grunting and powering up, even though I love that guitar that's playing in the background. That's point one. Oh, dude. Yeah, that riff. Then I wrote Death by Shuro Yuken. <laughs> and then I wrote, but the animation in this movie is amazing, though. Yeah. <laughs> and surprisingly, for something that came out in the... I'm going to compare it to other stuff, because I, I started my journey into like anime exploration, given I was a kid at the time, so I didn't have access to much. So just for reference, in the 90s, 1994 especially, you had things like Dirty Pair Flash, Red Baron, Dragon Ball Z, You're Under Arrest, that kind of things. Um, and some of the some of them tended to be very lights and flashy heavy. So for an example, if I was watching this and then I watched um, Vampire Hunter D straight afterwards, I would be very very cautious about Vampire Hunter D because it was very, very heavy on the flashing screens. I watched that a couple of weeks ago and it shocked me, so I had to like cover my eyes. Still listening to it, but still. You know? This wasn't that bad. It was more lightning effects, which wasn't in your face. But it was like small those, flashes. Yeah. Like those lightning effects were really well animated though. Right, because it wasn't mm. just like flash a screen. It was like we'll draw, and it was over several, you know, several hundred, uh, maybe not several hundred frames, but several seconds, where mm. you know a, a realistic looking lightning bolt is drawn on screen. Right, so it's not it's not like just flash the screen like it's a polygon going off. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's very well done, very well produced. If you watched anime of the time. Mm-hmm. you will see a certain animation style um, similar to things like, I'm, I'm not too sure of the actual time these things came out, but certain series of Gundam, Evangelion, that kind of anime style. Because animation has evolved over the years and you can tell. Mate, but in I'm the 90s, it, it was it a, is. I'm going to yeah. call it what it is. The, the animation, the, the amount of effort into the animation in this movie is on Akira levels. Right. Yes, I was it, just about to say know, that it's very similar to Akira. Exactly. People talk about Akira as if it's the greatest piece, and it is a very, very, very good piece of cinema and an amazing yes, piece is. of animation. But mm-hmm. this is on par with it for the animation, the animation style, the animation quality, the cinematography of it all. The whole yes. thing is on par with with Akira. I have to, in my opinion, I have to say. Well, let's face it, I've got a little checklist. Anime in the 90s, especially if it's an animated film. There are certain things that you need. Panning shots. Overabundance of fight scenes. Characters that are either... um, Characters from the game, because it's based on the game, that are either overinflated so they look like they're, they're built on steroids, or they're slimmed down so they'd be really fast. Panoramic shots of um, mountains and things that crack open to show either a military base or a secret bunker. And especially with this, considering it's not exactly aimed at kids, boobalage and scantily clad women, and there's also swearing. So this isn't a kid's film by any means. 
However, if you like Street Fighter, it's definitely worth checking out because it's, it's, in my opinion, it's a sleeper hit. I've never seen it before, and I wish I'd have seen it when I was younger. I think, like mm. I said in the beginning, if when I started venturing into like anime at the time, cartoons for me were things like Biker Mice from Mars and Tom and Jerry. If I'd have seen this as a 12-year-old, like I said, bricks would have been shat. So, yeah, it would have opened my mind to other things. But, yeah, still, it's uh, it's it's got some definite hallmarks. It's got some definite story beats. There are some more boring sections that are meant to be world-building, but, to be honest, not much world is built because it's Street Fighter. <laughs> wow. And you know, and how how much story do you put in a fighting game? <laughs> absolutely, right. To say the same though, amount you put in the first Doom game. That's how much story you put in it. <laughs> yeah, it's like here's a gun. Those are the bad guys. Shoot the fucking bad guys. <laughs> this isn't Yakuza Kiwami, all right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but like to say that it is a one hour and forty minute movie. So it's just over it's impressive. A, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just over ninety minutes. So it's a hundred minutes long. And mm. quite literally, it starts with a fight scene, it ends with a fight scene, and I'm pretty sure that almost every, because it like, there's scenes per location, right? There's like five, six scenes mm. per location. There's a fight, 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 dialogue, dialogue, a little bit of action in some other way, fight, 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 dialogue, dialogue, action, action. And although it repeats certain like um, uh, tropes of fighting movies, it, none of the fights feel repetitive. No, I'm not. A, I'm not a fighting movie f- aficionado. So people obviously yeah. will be listening to this going, yeah. But obviously, if you watch a lot of, I don't watch a lot of fighting movies, so I'm sorry. But like this movie <laughs> just does not relent, and it feels like it doesn't like copy paste. Like it feels like it would be easy to have Ryu and Ken just do like if you watch a someone who's not a professional. Um, Street Fighter player, they'll be doing Hadoukens and Shiroyukens constantly, yeah. right? And it feels like it could have easily fell, fallen into that, but like they Fan each savage. only do, yeah, they each only do a Shiroyuken once, as far as I'm aware. Mm. Um, I was going to say Kami, but Chun Li only does the thousand million kicks once. Um, we'll get back to that. There's a reason she does that. We'll get back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, um, E-Honda only does the 10,000 slaps once, right? Mm-hmm. It, and Blanca only uses um, electricity once. It is really... Comedic effect, like, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, it is really sort of, like, it's constrained. Like, and it, it's, it's more of a showcase. Yeah. And the folks who made it knew that, obviously, we can't constantly just run in with, yeah, sure you can, sure you can, sure you can, and then he wins. You know, it, yeah. they really thought about like how a a special move should be special, right? And you have to build up to it, and 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 it it does, it it really does. And there's a real sense of movement. Like we we can talk about it later if we if we talk about the uh, Chun Li Vega fight. I'm not sure what your mm. fights are that you've picked out, Squidge, but if it's one of them, we'll talk about it. But like the camera movement and the the story that's being told in that fight and the way that it is, um, for want of a better word, shot, like the way the fight is yeah. laid out, like you get a real sense of how big that room really isn't. <laughs> right? It's not like it's not like in other um, anime or animation 
based movies where there's a fight scene where you're watching them they go they purposely go into a small room and yet it feels like they're fighting in a massive space this is a very claustrophobic fight it happens in yeah. one room right and and there's a bed in the middle of the room and they have to fight around it and over it and not necessarily under it but you know what i mean it's like mm. You feel that when you watch these fights. Um, there's a fight in, during the film where, and I think I don't even think the, the character is named. I think they are in the games. So again, I apologize. But when Ken takes on some Native American looking dude, um, there isn't. You don't see much of the scenery, but you know it's in a in a warehouse. But again, it's it's constrained to like a small area. It's really 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 good and like i said if you saw this and then the live action movie i'm really sorry because you've done it the wrong way (laughs) yeah i know what you mean the um just to go back to it the the character you're on about i just looked it up real quick the character you're on about is called t-hawk and yeah it's sort of like when the characters are peppered in not all of them obviously but when the characters are shown it's sort of like the greatest hits you know what they're capable of how they're jumping into the 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 movie and it's not like not every one of them's a massive showcase not everyone's like a massive obstacle in the way you know ryu and ken are very very powerful they trained they keep training ken went to the states after his 10 or 12 years worth of training ryu has the 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 lifestyle of a vagrant but it'll go around and he you know that's sort of his thing that's what he does ken's got like the competitions and the car and the fiance or sorry girlfriend we don't know if she's the fiance or not you know he does certain fights in certain ways you know, so it's all of them, it's always like, unless it's a massive thing built up by the story, it's always the greatest hits. So one of the things that this film could have fallen into the trap of, and it, a lot of, a certain amount of anime during the 80s and 90s did, no matter what it was about, there was always like a really, really evil, holy crap, cannot be beaten, diabolical villain. Now, M. Bison's different, he's not, but it's his own failing at the end why he does that. The kind of feeling I get is how you describe um, Japanese anime, which is uh, four friends beat God with the power, power of friendship. Anime from the 80s and 90s have a similar sort of story arc, sort of like, you know, they, they get all the way to the boss. The boss is all all singing, all dancing. He can't be hit. He can't be touched. And then suddenly one of them realizes if I just breathe out my ass, I can beat him. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> It kind of has it, but it's not a major plot point in this film. Not majorly. It's more sort of M. Bison is convinced to fight fairly and not phase shift and uses psycho power. And when he chooses to fight fairly, he's beaten. It takes two people to do it, but still. Right? Spoiler for the end, by the way. But yeah, it's sort of, it doesn't fall into the trope of, you know, the bad guy can only be beaten right at the end. And it has to be like everyone joining in, mm-hmm. right? And it has to be one guy just loses it and then goes super sane and then beats him. It's sort of like there is a way to beat him if if he plays fair, which he does and he's beaten, but it takes a lot to beat him. So it's more, I don't want to say realistic, but it's more believable that that happens mm-hmm. because 
animated films, especially based on video games, are never realistic. Let's face it. <laughs> you never get no, no, realism out of an anime unless it's actually based on real life events. You're not going to get realism, you know? No, of course. Of course. And no one's uh, shoulders are that big. Let's face it. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Jill. No, um, uh, but like, <laughs> that's the whole point, right? It's escapism. Mm. Um, that's why, yeah. you know, uh, video games do play into the, the stereotypical male fantasy. And that's why movies do go to, you know, the nth degree of dialing to 11 and all the other metaphors that I could think of. Right. And, and that's what I like about this is that, is that like, like I said, right. I'll say it again. If you saw the anime before you saw the, the live action movie, Raul Julia was fantastic as that version yes. of Bison. But like, Oh yeah. I'm sorry. And I don't mean this to sound, sound negative on his legacy, but Raul Julia was never going to be able to fill the physical, Abil- even at the, the height of his acting ability, he would never have been able to fill the physical presence required to play M. Bison, the, the version of M. Bison in the video games, which is why the movie, the American movie, the Hollywood movie had to change so much just to, yeah. so like he just becomes a general. He's just, he's got loads of money and a big army and that's how he does it. Whereas in the games and in this animated version of it, he's like genuinely a physical threat right yeah because he is meant to be because like if you know let's let's call a spade a spade right if you'd have played street fighter 2 the video game and gotten to the end and the version of m bison you have to be after having beaten everybody else and uh, it proven such a big challenge was the raul julia version again not throwing shade just you know he didn't have the physical presence for that he had everything else raul julia was a fantastic actor and perfect for the version of m bison in that movie but if you were playing street fighter 2 twin turbo apex mx fucking gti whatever edition right alpha um, omega Alpha Omega, you know, Alpha Omega, Blood Type X EA3. Super Ultra Dead Rising 3 Arcade Remix Hyper Edition EX Plus Alpha. Loads of Latin, uh, loads of Greek letters here version. And you got to the end and that was the boss. You'd be let down. And again, I'm not trying to throw a shade at... Uh, Raul Julia, but like the version of N. Bison in this movie is a real physical threat. And I absolutely, I was there for that. Uh, like, I was like, yeah. this makes total sense. But again, in the, in the realm of the Hollywood movie, that, that M. Bison, the Raul Julia of Bison makes sense for the story they're trying to tell. He is a warlord. He is a drug dealer. He is, um, a, a megalomaniac. So he doesn't have to have the, the 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 tall broad physical presence because he can afford mm. to pay other people to have the tall broad physical presence which totally yeah. makes sense yeah yeah it's uh if if you had him as a fight in the street fighter 2 game it'd just be a battle of charisma because let's face it in that film raul julia the charisma julia sorry the charisma flowing out of him you could bottle it it's just oh iconic completely uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. what what we'll do is be, before we discuss the um, the particular fight scenes that we picked out, I'll just give a really quick lowdown of the film from yeah. start to end. So spoilers if you've never seen it. But uh, 
a really quick lowdown. There is a crime syndicate slash organization called Shadow Law, not Shadow Lou, like the American film. Um, they are planning to do evil things. Do evil. Um, yeah, so do evil. So brainwash the best street fighters to take over the world. Balrog, Vega, and Sagat, and Kami have already succumbed to Bison. Kami uh, killing someone in the intro, strategic... Um, a strategic politician in the intro to a point where she doesn't remember doing it, so she's promptly arrested. Um, then it flips to, like, Ryu and Ken. There's lots of flashbacks. There's there's a couple of fights. Um, Guile and Chun-Li realise this is massive threat. They try and warn some people, get in touch with other people. Meanwhile, M. Bison does M. Bison things where he's evil. Um, Chun-Li gets attacked. That gives Guile the resolve to find Ryu and take down M. Bison, or at least be there when that happens. In the meantime, Ken gets brainwashed, and he has to fight Ryu. Through the power of repeated smacks to the head and flashback, he gets his memory back, and Ryu and Ken at the end both fight Bison and beat him. That's that's the, the movie in a nutshell. Oh, oh, sorry, I missed out on an important part. Before um, M. Bison finds Ryu... He, he uses cyborgs to watch fights from the best fighters in the world to get statistics so that he can fight him better, I suppose. That's not the best rundown, but that's pretty much the story. <laughs> With fights peppered in between and, you know, the odd Capcom Easter egg on the side of a truck every so often and another easter egg which is uh akuma showing up sat against a wall but he doesn't fight in the film because then it would be just ryu versus sith which <laughs> i'm pretty sure so something can be said about m bison being a sith lord because he throws people he uses lightning and he can empower people and then when he chooses not to use his sith powers he gets beaten so yeah you know m bison one of the sith lords i i i employ you to look at the evidence etc yeah. But then Darth Bison sounds like some kind of burger. <laughs> it sounds like something a, a guy that works on a ranch would give himself as a nickname. I'm Darth Bison. I'm in charge. Yeah, like a like a, a a guy who works on a ranch who doesn't actually do the work, just like the reception yeah. guy who like yeah. weighs about four pounds ringing wet. Um, is you know um, f- uh, five foot tall and a USB stick, five foot and a USB stick tall, um, and like he's got a weedy voice. Where well, I'm describing myself. No, it's the accountant. <laughs> it's the accountant yeah. or the the guy yeah, at the yeah, front yeah. gate. You know, the it's guy like, at the front gate who thinks he owns the company. Yeah, like you can hear as he, you can hear the sound of him pushing his glasses up the bridge of his nose and going I'm, I'm Darth Bison I am <laughs> yeah the kind of guy that goes um actually yeah yeah a well actually absolutely a well yeah. actually anyway <laughs> you know bef- bef- before it was all neck beers and top hats and milady you know you were Darth Bison yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got way off topic there Jesus Christ absolutely absolutely what's your fight scene then because there's there's there's, all, there's not that many of them so go on, give us a fight scene. So, Which one is it? Yeah, so that's the thing, right? It, like, looking as I, I watched this movie twice for this discussion, and I realised that that like 
there aren't many like Hollywood length fight scenes. There's one or mm. two, like we talked about earlier on with um, uh, Ken in the warehouse, where it's like bash, 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 bash. You got to finish it. You got to finish it. You can't leave it like this. And that fight scene lasts almost no time whatsoever. And it is to, it is meant to show you that Ken is at the top of his prowess, right? Like like he says mm. to his girlfriend, wife, fiance, whoever, um, earlier in the in the movie. You know, they're driving, he drives home and she says, she says, how was it? And he says, I won again. Right. That, that, yeah. that bit there is to show you that he's really cocky. And then, then, then they back up his cockiness with his skill by showing you him taking on T-Hawk and it being like a, maybe a four second long fight. It's, it's not four seconds, obviously it's longer than that, but it's like, it's mm. so short just to show you how good he is. And then obviously, cause he's, you know, American superhero type guy. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't finish the fight. He just walks away. Cause he's like, you're beneath me and it's not worth the yeah. effort. And I'll be the, the, you know, discretion is the better part of valor and leave you to, to wallow in your loss whilst I go home and, you know, have copious amounts of sex with my wife slash girlfriend slash whoever. Right. And, and, and so you're right. There aren't that many fights. There's like a handful, maybe six or seven, maybe 10 at the, mm. at the outset, at the, at the utmost, but like the, and they're all, they're all super serious. Yeah. Like, uh, there's the Dalsim E Honda fight, right? They are literally fighting for money in that one. Right. And E Honda gets really serious and he says, don't use your superpowers or whatever, you know, fight fair, you know, don't use your special moves and use your earthquake sort of maneuvers and stuff like that right he, uh, your mystical power sorry and he gets really easy and it's like it is actually a, until the point where you know ryu and ken do their shit or you can there's no real uh, and and blanca does his zappy stuff there's no real mm. like um too much over the top supernatural if it were real wire work sort of stuff but i think the one that sticks out for me has got to be the zangief Blanca fight because we were talking off air so, and it's so just, just just real quick sorry I've got to mention this it's law at this point so I head through the grapevine and I'm looking on the internet right sorry to interrupt you but um when Capcom were in their offices and they were trying to come up with names for characters they had the art department come up with all the different characters and stuff and the last one they were having a problem with was Zangief so what they did was they had like the creative team in there they had this big picture of him the the beta picture and he's big and he's you know he's, he's very imposing this character and it was all coloured in and stuff and it wasn't the final artwork but it was artwork none the least and they said right they need a name for this guy what we're going to do right okay so they all got like like Russian names because it's meant to be Russian and looking at names names that wouldn't be that would be recognisable but not too too hard to say or spell even though his mm-hmm. name's a bit weird right so they were looking through and unfortunately that was the day the one and only day where they had a work experience kid in there now given that the game was originally made in Japan I'm just going to say it was the American offices so this kid started sniggering once they started doing loads of stuff. And I said, so, why are you sniggering? I've got two jokes in the name of, uh, that could give you names for Russian people. And they went, all right, fine, what's your joke? And everyone prepared themselves. They were just going to, 
you know, the 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 faces were going to uh, cringe so hard it was just going to collapse in on themselves. But whatever. So they went with it, and it was uh, what do you call a Russian soda pop thief? It was a beat silence. It was oh, I don't know what do you call a Russian soda pop thief, and he said knock a crater pop off. <laughs> and he was like, mm. the guy in charge, you will let this do. And it's like, I'm regretting this. And he went, right, what's your second joke then? He went, okay, what do you call a Russian wrestler? And everyone was like, I don't know. What do you call a Russian wrestler? And he said, Rival Bolokov. <laughs> without missing a beat, without missing a beat, the guy in charge went, get out. And that was the end of that. Then they came up with the name Zangief. So a little bit of history there for you. Absolutely. It's, it's like you were there, Squidge. It's like you were there. I, I mean, I claim no responsibility. I don't claim to be there, but I'm not going to deny I wasn't there. Let's put it that way. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, my 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 chosen fight scene is definitely the um, the Zangief and Blanca fight, right? And for the pure and simple reason of it's a completely bonkers scene, right? Hmm. That, that leads to that fight, right? So you've got you've got all of the the sort of the the syndicate uh, as it were, right? All just hanging out in Las Vegas because obviously they do, right? They're all hanging out and there's a bit of a party going. There's there's a dude pouring an alcoholic drink on a lady's leg and she's laughing her her head off, right? Which is totally fine, mm. I suppose. If you're in that situation, you're going to be laughing a lot, anyway. So that that's happening. Um, there's all sorts of other sort of shady um, uh, '90s bad guys type characters and tropes in the background, and then it's like, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, yeah, they're all they're all wearing sunglasses, they're all in suits and wearing sunglasses. So you know something bad's happening because they're in sunglasses indoors. Anyway, so then mm-hmm. there's a ladies and gentlemen, the entertainment is about to begin, and they leave this room where they're having this swanky party, and they go and sit in what is essentially an amphitheater, right? Because everybody's swanky party has an amphitheater next door, right? So that's your first bit of ridiculous. That's where I'm going wrong. That's it. You need an amphitheater, Squidge. We need Mm. to start a GoFundMe to get you an amphitheater. (laughs) Amphitheater and a a dancing Cossack bear who's paid fairly. That's what we need. I mean, yeah, if you like. Um, so, (laughs) So we go into this, this amphitheater and they bring in, they're like, you know, he's, he's from Russia or whatever, right? Here it is. Zangief. And, you know, he's the character is designed much like the character in the game. And what I didn't realize until I saw Zangief in this animated movie, and the design is the same in the Street Fighter 2 game, he has hairy shins. But, like, yes. to a point where it's like he's got a like a like a beaver down those boots right yeah like he doesn't have the hairy thighs doesn't have hairy knees as far as we're aware he doesn't have hairy toes but he's got hairy like calves like it's growing out yeah. of the top the top of his, his his boots so like what the hell right anyway so must be something in the water absolutely and he's like raw i am you know uh, he doesn't do like the Goro thing where he just screams for five minutes. But he's like, yeah, I am Zangief and I'm brilliant and I'm a, a pro wrestler. And I really applaud both the video game designers and the animators for actually throwing in actual pro wrestling moves, which is brilliant. Yeah. And then it's like... And obviously not 
it, not just thrown in pro wrestling moves, but I actually give props to the designers and the animation team for not like choreographing uh, uh, wrestling moves that is a Hulk Hogan match. Yeah, right. It would have been so easy to do that, right? Because yeah, we're, we're 1994. We're right, we're right at the top of the zenith of his of his career. He's about to start the downward spiral, um, and so like it would have been so easy just to make that that connection. But then they bring out Blanca and it's like I can't remember what they say but like from the Amazon rainforest where he eats things to survive or something stupid like he hunts that. predators deadly predators that, that's it right and he's in this cage and like you bring out an opponent for a fight in a cage you know you're in for a good time mm. and he's just going Rawr! and what I didn't realise was until I saw it in this movie is that he's kind of not really but kind of a palette swap for Zangief so pairing them together it, although it's a kind of cameo fight and we mentioned it off off air before we started mm. it's kind of a cameo fight like they're just thrown in because like it feels like the writers were like oh bugger um, we've missed these two out who are they going to fight mm. well why don't they fight each other and why don't they where are they going to fight um, the bad guys are getting together in Las Vegas and there's a carnival that'll do right sorted absolutely go animate that brilliant right but what I didn't realise until until watching this movie is that Blanca is kind of, not entirely, but kind of a palette swap of Zangief. So pairing them together makes perfect sense. Yeah, if 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 Zangief was hunched over, yeah, yeah see what you mean. Right. All like, yeah, yeah. both very the, muscly. Absolutely, they both got similar designs. Like if you got Blanca to stand up and you know clipped his fingernails, and he didn't have big pointy teeth and didn't have green skin, he'd look a little bit like Blanca. But there you go. That's what it is. Blanca was created first and they just forgot to take the, the hairy shins off. That's what it was. Absolutely. Look, you see, he has hairy shins as well. <laughs> Maybe it's the battle of hairy shins. I don't know. Anyway, so they come out, they come out and they have a fight. And there's a couple of really cool, like, uh, wrestling moves that are thrown in where, you know, uh, they are obviously dialed up to 11 to the sort of oh, yeah. um, wire-worky Hong Kong action movie sort of style. But, like, it is brilliant. And just, like, the way that the fight ends, it's just, like... It makes perfect sense that these two rough and ready fighters that don't really fight fairly, like that Blanca would jump on him and bite him and then electrocute him. It just totally makes sense. And those are, you know, two of the moves that Blanca can do in the game. And I applaud mm. the, the the animators and the story writers and the fight coordinators, I guess, for not just jumping straight to that. Just like, uh, how do we fight? Um, yeah. just He just jumps on his back, he bites him like you do in the game, and then he shocks him, and then it's over. Right? There's an actual fight there, even though it's in this completely ridiculous setup, and I realise I'm talking about a ridiculous setup between uh, for a fight between a former USSR Olympian-turned-pro-wrestler versus a green-skinned, orange-haired thing from the Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> right, put it this way, right, compared to an undead uh, mortician worker fighting an all-American muscle guy. Right. That happened in real life. It was a sport, but still. So a Russian Cossack dancer who was also a wrestler fighting some creature from the Amazon rainforest isn't that far-fetched. Totally. Absolutely. And obviously mm. for the folks who weren't playing along, that's, that's the Undertaker like in, in, in and Hulk the Hollywood Hogan. movie. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but I was on about Undertaker and Hulk Hogan. Oh, right. From yeah, yeah. the but WWF at the time, in case you didn't realise. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the end of that fight, I mean, we assume that's the end of the fight. That's where it cuts off. 
Yeah, that's true. It doesn't actually, um, it doesn't actually finish, right? It just sort of like they kind of go, oh right, um, maybe that's the most uh, that we can animate for that one. Uh, let's just yeah. uh, kind of kind of carry on. <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of like the 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 smaller fights, and then you got like the cameos. Whenever there's a cameo, I mean, with Cammy at the beginning, the move that she does, where she jumps up and twists the guy's head in the game, she does that as a throw. Um, when you've got E Honda taking on Dalsim, it's like the greatest hits. He does his slap of a thousand hits or whatever it's called. Dalsim starts being wibbly, doing his yogurt flame, well, his his yoga stuff gets out of it and then zips from side to side. I think he does yogurt flame at some point. Um, <laughs> but the other the other characters that you do see, it is like the greatest hit. So Sagat at the beginning, he's doing um, his, his Thai kickboxing against Ryu. Um, you don't really see Balrog too much apart from, and I don't want to, I don't want to bring this up too much, but when you see him later on, it must be just the way it's animated. But when Balrog starts fighting E Honda at the end of the film, his eyes are all over the shop. Yeah. He's got dare pies. <laughs> Complete yeah. dare pies. There's no other way to put it, and that's all I'm going to say. But if you watch this, watch him at the end, he's got dare pies. It's the only part of the film that he's got dare pies. It is absolutely hilarious. 100%. But yeah, it's sort of like the other characters, just apart from like the major scenes, you only get like the best of. So with Zangief and Blanca. Blanca does his electrocute things, and Geef does his, um, I think he does, oh, what is it? I think it's just like a, a powerbomb. He, he doesn't do a tombstone, it's like a, a very highly elevated powerbomb where he jumps like 60 foot in the air and slams him down, that kind of thing. So it's the best of, essentially. But you, you can tell it's them. So like T-Hawk, he does something similar. Ken, you know, he gets all the greatest hits along with normal fighting because it's it's too easy just to do special move after special move mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah, yeah and i will say this before we go on to uh and, and unless you've got anything else to say before we go on to my scene i'll just mention really quickly a bonus scene the first time you see ryu in a proper fight and i'm going to call him ryu not ryu is against the bruce lee guy fair long Right, yeah. he's fighting this guy. He just nuts him, Glasgow kiss, nuts this guy, and he goes down. It really made me laugh. That, yeah, that he was just dropping the nut like, on him. Right, that whole that whole build up to that was so <laughs> classic. It's like you know, he's like he's the action movie. He's basically Bruce Lee, right? There's there's no mm. getting around it. He like in the game he's Bruce Lee, but they weren't allowed to call him Bruce Lee in the movie. But the in the, the, anim- the I was going to say the, the the Glasgow case. I'll let you get back to it in a second. It was the, yeah. the guy before Fear Long jumped in the, to the to the ring. So it's this big guy with this massive braid. He's got tattoos all over the place. You know, the pushing Ryu. He's trying to grab him, and he, he grabs him by the lapels, and Ryu just nuts him, and he goes down and he breaks his face in. And then Fear Long goes, "Very impressive, but how would you go against me?" And then it's sort of like Bruce Lee jumping in. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like the build-up to that entire fight is fantastic, and the payoff is amazing, and it's it pay, it's paid off in a sort of like a, a an eighties Japanese um, comedic way 
Like they, yeah. they build up to this fight. This fight's going to be amazing. And uh, the fight is pretty cool. And then directly mm. after, just like they're walking down the street and, and Fei Long's like, he's broken his arm and it's in a sling. Mm. And he's like, well, see you later then. Like, yeah, that's it. Part ways. <laughs> yeah. What I was going to mention was as someone who's done smashings of self-defense and martial arts in my life, there was mm. two moves that I saw happen in that fight where I felt it just bringing back memories. One of them was there was a very, very sharp, powerful kick to the stomach and Fairlong went flying backwards. Yep. I've had that happen. I went flying. It hurt. Nothing was broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing that I've had happen to me, and good Lord did this hurt, was I was doing some training drills and I punched left forward, right? The guy who I was sparring with, he did a taekwondo dive, uh, defensive against this. So what he did was he jumped up and he he sandwiched my clenched fist between his knee and his elbow. Ooh. When that happened to Fair Long, I winced because I know how that feels. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It really hurts. It, it disables your hand. That's what it's meant to do. And he did that to me. I dropped to the floor. I was in pain. <laughs> I really hate that one. But yeah, just to say that, you know, during that fight, it's something that I could definitely relate to, That those moves. It just, oh, winced. Oh. But yeah, is, um, sorry to interrupt, was that, was that the, the end of your analysis of that fight? Because it was just meant to be like comedic and stuff, but it did serve its purpose and it was fun. Yeah, no, it, it was, it was, it was loads of fun and it is sort of comedic. It breaks it all up and it is, yeah, like if you want to watch one uh, fight in that movie that's like, yeah, if you want to watch, there are two fights that sort of don't really need to be in the movie that they just added because they were like, oh crap, we've got these characters. And that is yeah. the Blanca Zangief fight and the Ryu and um, and uh, Fei Long fight. Fei Long. Fei Long, yeah, Fei Long. Um, just because they don't, they don't fit with the rest of the movie. And it's just a case of, wait, if we don't do it, then the fans of those characters would um would miss out on that so yeah definitely yeah. watch those ones yeah definitely funny it sort of makes sense like at the time if you're millionaires and what, what however you got those millions and you're in las vegas something like that would be produced if it's not like a guy boxing a kangaroo and two guys with two lions doing tricks it'd be this animal from the rainforest fighting a russian fight a uh, russian wrestler much in the same way as the, one of the Rocky films, Rocky does a charity match with Hulk Hogan and he ends up choking him out. You know, it's meant to be a boxing match, as it were. So, you know, rich people things. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. Rich people things. So what about you, Squidge? I am going to mention something that if you watched it, uh, if you watched this film that was brought over to the UK by Manga Entertainment, you would have never have seen this because it was cut and censored. Because the sensibilities at that time, we're talking during the 90s where the British government didn't think people were ready for ninjas, so it was mutant tales, as in Teenage Mutant, teenage mutant yeah, yeah. Hero Tales, sorry. They didn't think we were ready for ninjas, so this would have definitely been cut out. But in Japan, it's a bit more laid back when it comes to this kind of thing. It is the Chun-Li fight, and the Chun-Li fight I'm going to mention because I'll go through beat for beat, and not beat for beat, but I'll mention certain things, um, how it is, and... Um, for me, it got me. This was the fight that got me the most invested, mainly because of um, a healthy injection of realism 
was brought into a street fighter fight, a street fighter movie. And I might add, I've been not to this extent, but I've been in a similar situation myself. So it sort of hit home a little bit, right? So you get told at some point by Bison that Vega, who is known but known to who is known by Interpol, what he's like, um, was going to go take care of Chun Li. That's all you're told. Chun Li is an Interpol agent. Next thing you see is New York City. She's in her apartment. She's grabbing a shower. There is Boobalage. Mm-hmm. Because of course there is. Um, nothing, I was going to say, too gratuitous, but it's nothing too full on. It's just boobalage, right? Mm-hmm. So she's in the shower. She's all nice and chilled. She goes in a, in, a, in a bedroom. She puts some music on. She's getting in her gym jams. She's putting her hair up into those buns, which I never realized she braided first, so you learn something new every day. Right? She's getting in her gym jams. She's feeling the most safe that she is because she's home. Right. Next thing you know, there is there is a creak, there is a swipe. She dives from her bed. Vega's attacking. She's in full defensive mode. Completely. That's all she is. She's just surviving. Pure survival, defensive mode. It doesn't matter. She's the realism comes from she isn't fighting him directly, she's throwing stuff at him. Because it is a home invasion. Okay? And you sort of get behind it and it's like, yeah, I can imagine this happening, right? So she's throwing stuff, she's doing whatever. Uh, the camera pans in certain ways to a point where it kind of... I get the feeling the camera the camera angles are meant to be like there's a cameraman there and they're fighting around him. That's the style I got just from watching it. I kind of got that idea from it, right? So she gets a few lucky lucky hits in. She's getting swiped by his claw because he Vega is not a nice person, let's put it that way. Uh, she gets sliced a few times. There is blood. She manages to trip him up, stomps on his face and spins because she needs to get some distance. And she's still in fight or flight at this point. Mm-hmm. Vega gets incredibly pissed off because, as we know, Vega is all about how pretty he is and he's undefeated and he's got a mask and it's all mysterious and stuff, right? So he gets really pissed off, he lets her know he's pissed off, and he launches to all-out kill her instead of play with her, right? Mm-hmm. Then it shows you Guile trying to ring her, the phone's still ringing, and it just goes off, right? Because he can't get through. And he's trying to drive through um, the streets because he's working with Chun-Li to bring down M. Bison, so he wants to tell her something, obviously, or go around. So the first time it rings off and there's more fighting, the camera angles, you don't exactly get fighting all the time, but you see parts of the apartment, you hear fighting from other rooms. Again, this immersion in a Street Fighter film, who would have thought? It's immersion, immersion, right? Next thing you know, he tries to ring her again. The phone gets knocked, the, the receiver falls off the phone, an old school rotary phone, and Guile hears screaming and fighting. So he doubles his efforts to get to where he goes tearing through the city, right? Yeah. Chun-Li, at this point, is barely holding her own. Barely holding her own. She's getting beat left, right, and center completely, right? And you see that she's tired. It's taken a toll on her. She's really tired, and it shows that it makes makes a real effort to show that she's tired during this beatdown, because it is a beatdown, it's not a fight. It's a home invasion, and she's trying, you know, he's trying to kill her. Right? So what happens is, it's sort of like, she's barely holding off the attack, and then, 
I think he trips or he misses a hit and he, and he just goes flying forward just because of the inertia and the initial force of it. There's a moment where you see in a face, it's sort of like it's now or never. And her face changes and she picks up a lamp stand, a full full length mm. lamp stand. And the lamp head comes off it and she's using it as a weapon to keep distance. Now Vega's got a claw, he starts clawing it down. Knocks her across the room again. You get a thing of he's laughing, he's doing the maniacal laugh evil thing. She looks up, she's been cut on the face, cut all over her body. She's been thrown all over the place. There's been a lot of gymnastics going on. She picks up a couch and either holds him back, throws it at him or starts swinging it. Now, for me, that's completely believable because when the adrenaline's pumping, the human body is capable of superhuman things. Completely. Uh It is real. It's a known phenomenon. You can lift certain things. You can push people back. Your body goes into superhuman and you just, it's its like now or never, fight or flight. And I have i have personally seen people do fantastic and unbelievable things when their body's been pushed to it because that's one of the things the human body can do. So she picks up a couch, uses it as a weapon. Next thing you know, there's a small scuffle. There's a lot of jumping back and forth. Chun-Li manages to kick him. He goes flying against a wall. She lands with the meaning of getting back up and running straight towards him. She goes down to one knee because she is tired. Mm. So very tired. And at this point, I'm sort of, I'm at the edge of my seat. I was not expecting this. She then looks up and the camera, it's sort of like a close up of her face. And it's sort of like, right, this is it. No more. She flies straight forward, kicks him against the wall, so his head bashes against the wall. And I'll I'll call it its actual name, or I'll try not to butcher it too much. The name of the move is a Hayakuretsu Kayaku, which I th- I think it's a kick move, right? I I yes. call it a, um, a thousand kick move. I call it a thousand kick, but it's the ultimate badassery move. And you can tell just by the look on her face and how she is. It is. Now or never. This is the last ditch attempt she can do for anything. This is it. This has to. This has to knock him out or put him out. That this is it. This is like the end of the road. She's got nothing left. She kicks him, right? And I'm leaning forward. The animation's beautiful. She's kicking him. You can see the wall cracking behind him. You can hear it in her voice. Even the English dub is brilliant. You can hear mm. the screaming. And next thing you know, she's pe- he is pelted through the wall she goes ballistic pelting him through the wall and he goes flying to the street below we assume he probably survived somehow because a plot he's never seen again so we can only assume that he survived or he died guile runs in this is where the believable bit goes in for me and it's also a plot device right so guile bursts in through the door he sees the destruction he's screaming for her he finds her Right, and he holds her because she's had the, she's had ten ten tons of crap beaten out of her. She's cut from head to toe. The claws done its damage. She is in, in in pieces on the floor essentially. Right, she's been properly beat. The next thing you see, is Guile in a hospital, Chun Li in surgery, because of the beating she took, mm. and Guile is talking to his contact, trying to find out where Ryu is. This is used. After the the, the operation, because he stays there, a bit later on it goes back, and she's laid in a hospital room, okay? She's laid in a hospital room, she's had the operation, she's got, like, the thing over her head, she's got bandages left, right, and centre all over the place, and she's got breathing equipment on. 
and Gail says, you're going to hate me for using this as revenge, but I will get him back for you. You, you kick my butt if you're awake, but I'm going to do it. It gives him the strength and the resolve to fight, to keep going and to finish this thing. Now, for me, the thing that really hits home is it's home invasion. She's clearly mm-hmm. discombobulated, right? She is in defense mode. She, it's not a massive fight for her. It's not a fair fight. It's not a massive fight. She's fighting for her life. And essentially, she has two specific breaks in the fight where she she just she gets one hit in where she kicks him in the face, and then she just goes ballistic. And yeah, she's a very capable fighter. She would have had training for like being an inter, being an Interpol agent. But when someone else has got the element of surprise, and you're very disadvantaged and overwhelmed in a place where you're supposed to be safe. With that playing on your mind while you're fighting for your life, it's just, it is so very believable. And that would, I mean, the end the end of the film, very good, very crescendo, you know, it really did the trick. But the Chun-Li fight, for the people who never saw it before 2006, they really missed out because it is so amazing how it's storyboarded, how... How it's how her very real reactions of trying to find a gap in his attack because Vega's a very very skilled fighter, you know mm-hmm. she's disadvantaged because he's got a claw and it's just oh it was just it it really hit that fighting sweet spot for me because I can do two guys the size of you know kaiju monsters fighting each other and the muscles are rippling and so like I'm gonna kill you and they throw each other from left right and center but. You have a guy who's got the advantage, who isn't a massively built guy. He's more realistic in his in his body composition and how he looks. So it's more of an attainable, naturally attainable physique against a woman who uh, is a whole lot shorter. She can hold her own, but not when she's ambushed. And you've got you throwing a fight for your life and not just a street fight. It just it ticks all the boxes. It was so well done. And for me, it for me, it's the best fight in the film because it's just I didn't know how it was going to happen, I didn't know how it was going to end. It was just oh, just mm. <laughs> give me more of that, please. Straight in my veins, I'll watch that all day. It was bloody good, I have to say. Yes, right? like I said, yeah, they they just got how to how to like tell a story in a fight scene because like that's something that I feel is sometimes missing. In, in in fight scenes in video games, uh, in video games, in movies, right? Because you don't need them in video games, right? The, the video game story for the fight scene is beat the snot out of this guy because you've got to win. Whereas the story it, is round one fight, really, isn't it? Absolutely, right? Whereas like <laughs> in, a, in a movie of some kind, it's always like, eh, you got to get through the room. So beat him up, right? Mm. Whereas it's not always that, but quite often the fight can be just the there is a bad guy there beat them up whereas like this yeah. one there is a real reason for chun Li to need to get him out of that room she knows he's a psychopath she knows that he's done yeah. horrible things to women she knows he's essentially going to kill her and you can feel that that worry in her dialogue in the scene in everything that is in that that whole fight everything her her desperation she knows that Mm. she has to win otherwise she's in deep caca right she's not in the position that any of the other fighters in the movie have been in when they lose they just lose and they have to go away suck it up and get better whereas she knows if she loses this fight she's losing her life and everything in that scene tells that story it's just 
brilliant from like all right yes it was fan servicey because i think i sent you a message while i was watching it going of course chun lee gets her boobs out right but but even that and and i say this as possibly the target audience for this movie but it makes (laughs) sense as to why she is in the shower and why she did she need to be in the shower no could she have just been walking out of the shower with a towel wrapped around her possibly but it makes sense that he attacks then because that's when she is at her most vulnerable right and that was the whole point to make her feel vulnerable so that she could not so that she would have to fight her hardest to get out of that fight and it is it is just a piece of cinematic joy i kind of didn't like the way that it ended in that she kicked him through the wall and he fell to presumably his death. But like I liked it. it. <laughs> well, I mean, when you dial the, the 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 when you dial it up that far and you know Guile's running up the, the stairs to together, how else do you end it, right? You can't end a street fighter yeah. fight with Guile running in, pulling out a gun and blowing his head off, right? So you've got to end yeah. it in a sort of action-y fighting, slightly ambiguous, so you can bring him back if there's a Street Fighter 3 movie, um, way, right? And that is the way you do it. Classic. Also, on top of that, I mean, you know, how animation, cinema, and just, like, how everything's gone since then, you know, in in accordance to um, popular culture and HBO shows and all the rest of it. Let's face it, um, if someone watches that who's never seen it nowadays, they might assume the fight was going to end very differently. Yeah. Yeah. Just because of things like Game of Thrones. I'm not going to go there, but she could have lost and it could have showed some very awful stuff. So, and, and that's what I, that's what I mean, right? That's what I mean by telling the story. Like you, as the viewer, mm. if you're watching this for the first time, you've been told previously he's done this, he's done that, he's done the other. He is a, a, like she actually says at one point, a card carrying psychopath, right? You know that he is like right on the edge, and that and that he like he turns when she kicks him in the face, and and he says, "You've ruined my face, my beautiful face." And then yeah. that's when he sort of like clicks and becomes murderous, right? Up until that point, he's playing with her. He's batting her around. He's, you know, a little slice here and there. That sounds really horrid the way that I'm saying it all sort of casual. That's how, yeah, that's, that's how he was doing it, yeah. That's how he was doing it. But then like, the, then she, she kicks him in the face and, and in quotes, ruins his beautiful face. Then he switches up to 11 and goes, that's it. I'm snapped. I'm now going to, I was, I was playing with you earlier on. I'm now going to actually destroy you in Mm. um, the most painful possible ways I can. And that is just genius storytelling without him actually saying it. We know it's going to happen. So I agree completely. It's just, oh, I mean, that just had me pumped. I I think it was at the best place for the film as well, because it was like, it was just, it wasn't at the midpoint, it was just after it. And just after the midpoint, yeah, there was a little bit of story, but it's like the fights ramped up a lot from there. You know, after that, Ken Ken got kidnapped and he was reprogrammed and there was a huge fight with Ryu and then there was a massive, not massive, but you had like the, the story dump, the plot of how he, he learned to get back to himself and then there was a massive fight towards the end and it just amped it up. So it's sort of like, yeah, we give you a fight at the beginning. We give you a couple of fights. This is the taste of it, you know. You have you have E Honda as the comic relief, which was hilarious for me, um, you know. And we give you a little bit more story, then boom, yeah, it's serious now. It's not just a, it's not just a cash in thing. It's his own thing, 
It's his own film. Yeah. It's just, oh, I wasn't expecting it, and I was so glad it happened, and it was at the perfect time to sort of, if you were watching it just on a screen while doing something else, you'd have been glued to it then. The last half of the film, you'd have watched it. You wouldn't have took your eyes off the screen because it's like the possibility of one of the main good guys gets taken down in such a horrific fashion. That could happen. What's going to happen to the rest of them? So you're just hooked 100%. after that. Yeah, that's I would have loved to have seen this in the cinema. I really would have. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And if they ever do show it at theatre, at the cinema, we've got to go, Squidge. We have to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if I ever hear of any of it's been shown, especially if if we can see it with like Japanese audio with English subtitles, because I only saw the English dub. But if, if it's like original Japanese audio, I'm, that's just going to elevate it, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, one hell of a one hell of a scene. I love that scene. It's it's just so it, oh, the implications, and it's just so full of dread. It's 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 hard to see in, a, in an anime because you don't normally see it in an animated mm-hmm. film, no matter what demographic it's aimed at. You don't see that amount of dread that often. Mm-hmm. Oh. We've we've waxed about how great the movie is, Squidge. So let's do ratings, right? <laughs> oh, ratings? No, I'm going to slate it now. The hell with it. It's opera. <laughs> no, no. <go> on. <laughs> so yeah, talking about ratings, we rate the movie that we're talking about across. We have three sort of levels of the rating. So that's love it, try it, fling it into a tree. So that's best, middle, and ugh, don't even bother, right? And we rate the movie across three separate categories. So we say as a video game movie. So this is as someone who has never played video games before, but they're into movies. If they watch this, would they, would it be a nice gentle introduction to what video games are? And then as a genre movie. So in this case, it's a martial arts movie or a fighting movie or an action movie. How would we rate it as a, as a martial arts fighting action movie? And then finally, mm-hmm. as a street fighter two movie in the street fighter two canon. Now, obviously street fighter goes off the rails with all of its naming and numbering system. So we're focusing yeah. specifically on the many different types of street fighter two. So I don't know. Do you want to go first, Squidge, or do you want me to go first? Uh, which question we're answering first? So as a video game movie, as an introduction to video games through movies. I mean, I can answer this one first if you want. Yeah. So hit me with a question and I'll answer it. Okay. So as a video game movie, as an introduction into video games, how would you rate this movie? Top tier, top shelf. Good Lord. It's just amazing. It is, it is a fantastic example of a video game movie done right. I'll I'll just say that completely. If compared to some of the other ones we've covered, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this is like this is just like if if you're going to do a video game movie, especially in the nineties, it can it can show some. It shows up recent video game movies. Um, we're not talking the big ones like Sonic or Mario, but some of the some of the more cash grabby ones. It shows mm-hmm. it up, especially for an animation. Oh, it, it's just oh, good lord! It's if you wanted to get into video game movies, I'd say definitely watch this. 
it's it's well worth it but don't have this as the first one you watch because you'll spoil yourself but definitely yeah. watch it because it's sort of like if you if you start off with one of the really better examples of video game movies just downhill from there so I'll leave this to like towards the end if you're determined to watch it all but i would say definitely try it it is absolutely top notch top shelf as i call it it's top shelf this it's it's just nice. brilliant yeah. and what about you what would you say about it oh absolutely the same this is definitely love it this is a fantastic example of what a video game movie should be does it have to stick really close to the source material yes does this stick really close to the source material yes way more so than the um than the hollywood version of it which tried to do whatever the hell it was doing um and, tried to and, give it a story yeah right and it doesn't really need one but yeah it no. is it is absolutely perfect if you want a, a an introduction to video games via movies yes this one but go like you said go watch some other video game movies first because otherwise you will be let down forever <laughs> yeah not to say that other video game movies aren't fun i think everyone that we've done so far has been fun it's just, you know, some are obviously going to be better than others. So all video game mm -hmm. movies tend to, there's some fun to it somewhere. So it's mm -hmm. all video game movies aren't without sin, aren't, aren't without merit, but it's sort of like personal opinion. And I like every single one of them, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's just, what do I like more than others? Because I, I, I love a good afternoon of video, uh, video game movies. So they're all fun. You just got to find it. And if it's for you, that's all. Yeah. yeah. Just have to throw that in there. <laughs> Okay, so as so, I am not a uh, uh, an authority on this one. I will say this, but as a martial arts slash action slash fighting movie, how would you rate it? Oh, again, love it. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say it before. I didn't say it for the other one. It was meant to be love it, but I said top shelf. I'll say I'll say top shelf again. This is just it's got the right amount of story because it doesn't have to have much. It. It drags you from scene to scene. It connects. That's the thing with the fights being so disjointed and at different parts of the globe. It's still connected and it's still mm -hmm. got a reason to show you fights. So introduction to Ryu, he kicked it all off by beating one of the agents. And then even when you drag to um, Las Vegas and it's Zangief versus uh, Blanca, there's a reason for it. You know, mm -hmm. all the crime bosses are in one place and they want to be entertained. And then it goes to the next and the next thing. So it does link in. You know, it could very well be, that could be an interactive, that could be a story mode in a modern Street Fighter game quite easily. Yeah. With like little mini cutscenes and story bits and people talking. But yeah, as a martial arts film, it's exactly the same. It's got just the right amount. It's got the smaller fights, it's got small introductions, it's got the bigger fights, it's got suspense, it's got action, it's got everything. It is a really good um, martial arts film, I think, especially an animated one, because sometimes animated martial arts films can go well off the rails <laughs> and go, and yeah. try way too hard. But this is just, oh, it's, it's love it. Just amazing, this film nice um yeah i'm the same like i said i'm not a, 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 a an authority on fighting movies on martial arts movies on action movies but it is definitely it feels like it's right up there um you know this yeah. could have this feels like it could have been an expendables movie right so if you're if you're into in, if you're interested in like that sort of ensemble fighting action movie 
this is the this is the expendables for the 90s right but in animated form it is just amazing yeah it's just adrenaline the fights are adrenaline and they're all connected to a point and you do have comedy in there but mostly it's just action-packed adrenaline with familiar Mm. faces absolutely so then the final rating squidge right as a Street Fighter 2 movie in the canon of Street Fighter 2 content. How do you rate it? I'd still say love it, but there's one thing missing if you want to put it as a Street Fighter 2 movie in the Street Fighter 2 canon, and that's a character select screen, Easter egg somewhere. You've got Akuma, you've got the Capcom on the lorry that Ken almost rams into head first because, you know, mm-hmm. you can fight lorries when you're a fighter, obviously, in this universe. Um, the, <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it would have been, it wouldn't have been immersion breaking, but something as like a character select screen or if someone was on an arcade cabinet and you could hear, you know, just like a random little bit for half a second, two kids are in an arcade cabinet fighting each other. That would have been... Just for me, you know, if you're going to make it into a Street Fighter 2 film slash movie slash whatever, if you had like two kids on an arcade machine fighting, just a little bit, that that would have made it 100%. But yeah. 100%. I've got it, right? So there's two characters fighting, maybe Ryu and Ken, right? When Ken's been brainwashed and they're fighting, Mm -hmm. but you have to set it in a slightly different location. You set it in like a, like a city scape and they're fighting, fighting, fighting. Ryu maybe kicks, punches, whatever, Ken through a wall, similar to the, uh, to the Chun-Li fight, except on the other side of the wall, it's an arcade and everyone except for two kids stop and go (gasps) and look around, right? The two kids who don't turn around are playing Street Fighter 2 and doing a Ryu versus Ken fight. That's how you do it. But it's only for like less than a second, just yeah, enough yeah. for fans to go, "Oh, I saw that," you know. Yeah, yeah. So like, like Ken comes flying through the wall and then hits the floor and does that sort of anime slide where you know someone gets hit and slides for like a year, right? Just yeah, until they hit the wall, right? They slide past, and but he slides through the through the room and out the door, right? On his trajectory through the like through the air and onto the floor and then sliding out the door. Everyone goes <gasps> and stops. And for some reason, some unknown reason, all the music from the arcade machines stop and the music in the room stops, right? As he slides by. Everyone turns to look, right? Except for these two kids who are playing Street Fighter. And as the camera pans across, you see him playing Street Fighter and you hear the the fight music and you hear like Hello kid whatever right in the background and then yeah. the camera keeps going it just passes by him it just glances past them as ken is, fly- is flying through the room and then yeah. bang fight scene continues right that's how you do it <laughs> mm. yeah i mean that 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 would have been cool that is definitely sort of like fan servicey you know you'd, i don't think you'd need it after that chun lee thing if that chun lee thing wasn't actually in there and they replace it with a different fight that little scene would have been amazing um yeah but yeah as as in the canon of the game and like its own movie, it, it hits everything on the head. It's love it top. You know, I'll say top shelf again because I, I like that for some reason. Uh, but just love it. It is you cannot go wrong when it comes to fighting mm. films. You know, when it, when it comes to like a law friendly uh, fighting film in the canon mm. of the film, Street Fighter Two just hits everything. It's again, it's not one hundred percent because no movie is, but it's really really high score, and I'd say love it. I don't give percentages, but, you know, it's not perfect, but it's not crap either. But it's more on the good side, like the amazing side, you know, so love it. Yeah. It's amazing, that film. 
I agree 100%. My rating for it would be love it. Um, this is the first and only video game tie-in movie that has reached nine out of nine love it. So yeah. I don't know what we need to award it, but we we need to maybe think of an award to give it um, in the time between recording and putting it out. But we, we give it an award of, you know, the Waffle Attila's thumbs up or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. We'll figure some out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had a genuine blast watching this film. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. More folks should watch this movie, and I don't mean to say that it is underrated or it's not well known, but like, it's hidden gem. Just go watch this movie, dudes. Go watch this movie. <laughs> Definitely a hidden gem. Yeah, yeah, but not for small ones because there is a copious amount of swearing in it. I will say that just real quick. Yes, <laughs> yes. So yeah, that was. Um, you've you've just listened to a set amount of time of not as waffling, but more gushing over an animated film from the nineties, um, for which I, no apologies. I don't care <laughs> if you get a chance to watch this film, do it, try and get the uncut sure. version. If you can, otherwise you'll miss one of the best fights in the movie. Um, but apart from that, you know, this was just, this episode was brought to you by us, the waffling tailors. Uh, thank you, Jay, for joining me as always. It's been amazing. Um, it's good for having me. I I always love. I always. I I mean, I have been amazing. So you know, there is that. Yeah, yeah. Um, We we always love um, video game films. This one's just more adrenaline packed. You know, which is always good. Um, Look out for more in the future. We don't know what we're doing next, but you will find out in the socials. And because I'm absolutely crap doing the ending of these episodes i'll leave it to jay to give you all the bump you will need to get in touch with us and keep up with us and all the rest of it if you've been sent this episode by a friend or indeed a mortal enemy or happened on it accidentally i'd like to ask you to check out the website for the show at wafflingtailors.rocks we have another 180 episodes or seven years of our podcast for you to check out And we have a section called Those Games We Played, which lists every game we've ever mentioned, how many times we've mentioned it, and what we've said about them. We have socials, um, they'll be in the links too. We've got Twitter or X, whichever one you want to call it. We've got Discord, Um, you'll also find the details for that in the description. We also stream on Twitch from time to time, and you can find our previous streams and silly videos on our YouTube channel. So do come check us out. I'll get this out of the way now, considering I played the games. Uh, just uh, a squidge factoid for you. Akuma is a knob. I lost so many games to that twat. All I know about Akuma um, is that um, Kenny Omega dressed up as him once for Halloween on one of the AEW shows. That's it. That's all I know. Mm-hmm.